Hey, Spotlighters, Mike Cam here, the coolest guy in title insurance and your host of the Morning Spotlight Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We have a great guest that I know is going to absolutely blow you away. If you like what you hear, please smash that subscribe button and leave us a review. And remember, when it's time for you to purchase title insurance, there's only one guy you should be calling, and that's me. Check the show notes for my email address. And let's get this train rolling and start the show right now. Hi, I'm James Jericho. And I'm Hannah Huntley from Jericho Rose. And you're listening to The Morning Spotlight with Mike Ham. Good morning and welcome to the Morning Spotlight Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Cam, coming to you as always from the Spotlight Studios here in Morristown, New Jersey. My guests today are originally from Southern California, but now find themselves playing at the hottest country bars and soaking up the neon lights of downtown Nashville. They began finding success on streaming platforms, Nashville band circuits, and even an international tour. A natural pairing of two best friends with clever storytelling, storytelling lyrics and a dynamic mix-up of new country sounds. These two make up the group Jericho Rose, and they are James Jericho and Hannah Huntley. Welcome. Hello. What's up? What's happy up? <laughs> up? Happy to have you. So uh, for anybody that doesn't not know, I was recently in Nashville, uh, was at Dirk Bentley. Uh, my girlfriend and I listened to Jericho Rose and were blown away. So then I was like, why not reach out and have him on the podcast? Uh, my girlfriend Venmoed them a tip that was literally captioned girl crush because when Hannah came around to ask for tips, she was like, I love her. So there you go. So that's kind of where the connection it lies. I know. And then we sang the song for her. And I don't, I don't even know if she actually wanted to hear it, but that's what I got <laughs> <Yeah>. from that. <laughs> she was like, do you know any Miranda? And you were like, yeah. And then you were like, new or old? And she was like, old. And you were like, okay, great. And then you just went and she was she was pumped. And then when everybody started singing it, she was like, I didn't know everybody knew this song. I'm like, I feel like it's a pretty popular song, especially like in, in that world. But um, so my first question out of the gate, and we always ask very hard hitting questions on this show. Um, so I would need an answer from both of you on this one. Uh, if you could only play one bar, like that's it for the rest of your time in Nashville, what is that bar? I think we'd have to say Whiskey Row. Yeah. Okay. Um, we do love nudies, and but we only play acoustic at nudies. We don't play full band there. And at Whiskey Row, we kind of have the ability to do variation, and they do writers rounds and stuff. So our hearts are torn between nudies and Whiskey Row, but just that we have the full band over there, I guess we'd have to go with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Support I Whiskey agree. Row. Yeah. Okay. Whiskey All right. Row. I mean, that's a good answer. I mean, take I mean, that shirt off. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is all I got. This is all I got. So, I mean, no, I had to wear we it. Love, we do love nudies. I actually bartended there for a long time. So we do love it. But as a, as a duo, I think whiskey row works better for us. Yeah. 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 Just like the vibe, you know, just seems like mm -hmm. a fun vibe. Um, sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so you were talking about like bartending. And one of the things that I've always been curious about is like, if you guys, I mean, I know that you're, playing and recording and doing all these other things like do you have other jobs like that's one one of the things that i've been interested in to like ask nashville based you know musicians because there are a lot of nashville based musicians i would imagine because that's the spot to be um so you would have to make some extra cash right yeah i mean for when we first moved out here for for years uh we we both had jobs 
on top of doing what we're doing. Um, in bars, go figure. Yeah, bar, <laughs> bar backing and, and serving and bartending um, in Hannah's case. But uh, uh, right now we play five shows a week and we also signed our publishing deal this past year. So, um, so we're pretty much just doing the musician thing at this point, which yeah. is great. I think living yeah. in Nashville allows you to do that where yeah. you're actually, you know, if you were to try to go on tour and play that many shows, you have your travel expenses, you got to pay the guys out of pocket. and it can be a lot more convoluted, not even to mention uh, COVID and right. how all the restrictions yeah. on that. Um, but Nashville has this really cool, unique thing with all the bars where you could, you know, hop around and play them all and make enough money to have that be your predominant job. I would say that before pre-COVID, we weren't even playing full time. We were so focused on writing and touring and doing yeah. that that we weren't really playing the bar thing. So that was when we more had um, side jobs in play because, yeah, you got to, I mean, Music, it's like owning horses. It's like an expensive habit to <laughs> <So laughs> get really good or, you know, get some backing. So to pay for your recordings and your tours, you got to get a little scratch in your pocket. And so we've always been willing to do whatever it takes to, to become successful in music. And we've been fortunate enough to pick up enough gigs now and do okay to kind of just do that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, congratulations for getting to that level because I feel like a lot of people chase that and like are looking to do something like that. And it's not an easy thing to do for sure. Um, so like, I'm, I want to get like more backstory on each of you and just kind of like maybe like musical background, like how you've decided like, oh my God, I can sing really well. Uh, maybe this is kind of how I can make a career. So, um, you know, maybe James, we could start with you and then we'll go with Hannah um, just to keep like bouncing back and forth between answers. Um, so maybe you want to take us through that? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I've, I've always been into, uh, into mainly rock and, uh, and metal music. I mean, from a really young age, my, my dad introduced me to, you know, Van Halen and, and, uh, you know, sixties rock, like Steppenwolf, stuff like that. And, um, so I kind of grew up with a mix of, of classic rock, just love in general, and then got into like metal. Cause I was an angsty teen. So I was doing all the screaming and growling metal stuff. And when I say I was an angsty teen, I did that till I was about 26. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, I think another thing for me is I actually did a lot of theater. Um, and, uh, I toured as the Phantom and Phantom of the Opera, um, all around the country, which was a lot of fun. I, I love to tell this story because actually the production I was in moved to New York City and they assumed I was going to take the contract. Um, but we had just signed our management contract here in Nashville. And so I moved to Nashville, didn't really tell them. They sent me the contract for the New York stint of the of Phantom of the Opera. And I was like, hey, so funny story. I'm actually not going to do it because now I'm I'm in this this band in Nashville. So sorry. And they didn't have time to get new press photos. So for a while, there was this massive poster of me as the Phantom in Times Square. And all my friends in New York are like taking pictures of me. I'm like, I'm not even in it. But, yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And so at what point, and I feel like this is a very important question, like in the career path of James Jericho, the lettuce that used to be on top of that head, like at what point did you decide, like, I need to get a haircut? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, because I, like, if anybody doesn't know, I mean, like, that was like epic hair. As someone who has literally no hair aside from on my face, it was like, I was watching the videos on YouTube and stuff and very jealous. So thank you, at what thank point you. did you make that, that call? I, uh, I just wanted a change. I think I, I did it at the end of 2019. I think it was October, 2019. It was just one of those things. I had had that hair for 15 years. 
you know? Um, and the reality is, you know, I had that hair because I had been doing the metal thing for so long and it, it really worked for that. And it worked for our, the old group that we were in. Cause that was, that was a lot more Southern rock kind of influenced. I would say there was, you know, a lot more kind of teeth and, and, and rock and roll to that. And when we started moving towards Jericho Rosa, it became more about, uh, a little more like pop influence and, and more, it, it wasn't so much about, you know, the, the guitar solos and, 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 and all that. So it was one of those things that I was hearing the demos that we were doing for the songs we were writing. And I was like, that voice that I'm singing doesn't look like that guy, you know, cause I had all this hair and everything. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they don't look the same. So I was just like, you know what? I want something new. It's been 15 years. So I did it. And I'm really happy I did it actually. It, it, yeah. I think Really? No, I think one, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. I got tired of being mistaken for James from behind. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I totally get that. But, you know, yeah, you look great. So good change. Um, all right, Hannah, background, and then we'll keep weaving this story together as we go. Yeah, ours is weirdly similar, but also weirdly different. Whereas, of course, there's been a musical interest our entire lives. Um, I never came out and just told my family. I want to be a singer. It's what I want to do. I was just always singing around the house, you know, when I was young. So I didn't really have people championing, championing me at the time until I was like, I was so nervous to tell them. I thought nobody would take me seriously or support it. And it was crazy because as soon as I did, my family has jumped on board and been absolutely amazing and incredible. But as you asked the question, when did you first find out you could sing? And I always think this is the funniest thing. I was on a drive with my cousins and one of my aunts. We were in the car on the way back home from uh, Lake Tahoe visiting my grandparents and we were all singing along to the new hit at the time was the movie Titanic and my heart will go on obviously it was like the big anthem of that movie right and um we were all singing along to it and I guess she heard somebody that was maybe actually singing it well and so she stopped and she made each of us go like and there were seven of us in this car everybody had to take the turn to sing it we didn't know why but um that was kind of the first time I realized like oh People think I'm good at this, I guess. And uh, yeah. that kind of started for me. And then I've been writing songs since I was a kid, like nine, 10, not good ones, just angry, jealousy, yeah. sister songs, angsty, you know, things that you don't ever think. You don't write it with the idea of this is going to be on the radio. At least for me, it was always therapeutic and cathartic. And it's, I continue to do that clearly to this day in writing yeah. and writing. And writing. Um, performing was something that I really stepped into more once I met James and, um, and we started kind of, writing these songs and then when it was crazy to actually have tangible songs to play for people yeah. and so kind of had a natural progression in there so he's a very trained um classical kind of background and whether it be rock or theater and i definitely am kind of a bit more he always says uh raw <laughs> <laughs> right but you need that i mean it's I the yin and the yang he told it's, me to leave so it's it's the x factor you either, you either have it or you don't she right. definitely does it so yeah so it's a really nice pairing because when i'm like hey what's the harmony on this he can always like you know it's just it's nice and i'm constantly learning from the people that we're around and this and that so it, it keeps it exciting and fresh and probably gives him anxiety a lot of the time but at the same time i feel like keeps it spicy yeah right <laughs> that's well yeah well described um so when we're talking about like the the you know when you guys met and then started on like this career path into now sitting here with me on this incredibly successful podcast um uh, so like talk to me about that like at what will you guys meet at uh i have it over here somewhere saddle ranch saddle ranch, ranch. it was a dark and stormy night whatever um you know so like <laughs> 
take me through like that night you guys meet and then you decide like hey we should start a band together is that does that how that works kind of he played yeah. hard to get a little bit well but it was also one of those things that we didn't really i mean not to like downplay the magic of this duo but uh we didn't really have any options um we we <laughs> were this was in los angeles and we were you know the saddle ranch we worked at the one on uh on, on the sunset strip and it was just a bar completely staffed by actors and models and you know we were two musicians and two singers that you know had come from completely different backgrounds obviously even from us telling you about our backgrounds you can see that a little bit but but yeah, she started working there right before I was about to leave to go to Germany because I was recording a death metal album in Germany. And so I was all about that. Um, yeah. And so she had just started working there. We'd met, but then I disappeared for like two months. I came back, she was still there and she was like, hey, we should really write. And, um, and you, you, you wrote down on a, on a piece of paper, uh, the, the YouTube video of you singing. Uh, and you're like, check it check out. Yes or no. Yeah, right, no, <laughs> no, but it was like, you're like, check this out. And, and I did. And I was like, oh, good voice. And so, yeah. It was a train cover, wasn't it? The Hey Soul Sister train cover. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. In hindsight, I'm shocked that I, it was a college project I did. That's so funny. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so we, we, we did a, our first write. Hannah loves it. I do. About I know. So you mentioned his hair. He had, yeah. you know, this long kind of Viking, you know. Yeah. Very Viking. Old. Very, like very Viking. Viking kind of look yeah. and he used to wear these metal cuffs and kind of be in that space and mentality because he was like you know in the throes of doing uh death metal yeah and but again i had been desperate to make a music community and meet people it's ironically being you know from la forever i wasn't in a musical community whether it be theater or rock or i didn't really have anybody to work with so um i was trying to start that community and uh, he shows up for this right, and he's like walking up with his just hair and his cuffs, and he's thick. And I thought, oh my god, this is going to be the most awkward four hours of my life. Like, there's <laughs> no way this guy and I are going to like reach any kind of common ground. Yeah. yeah. And we had our first record. We wrote a song we both liked. The second song we ever wrote was our song Johnny Cash. That has. That's my favorite Jericho Rose song. Well, yeah. you know, like yeah, that that's was my the favorite one. Song we ever wrote, like just in Culver City, and it's so funny having the memories like this is the craziest part of having the memories of getting started and being in there do you like this okay you know we're working on it and then seeing where it is now and having yeah. people tell us how great you know and they, it's so weird seeing it but knowing the history of where it came from yeah yeah no i think that's awesome so like one of the things that i meant to ask uh well now we can kind of do it now is just like when i listen to the original songs on spotify and stuff and then i hear you guys do obviously like the covers at the at the honky tonks because mm -hmm. i feel like that's what you do at honky tonks you play covers um so like obviously it seems very unique um and like i used i once had on the show um this guy marty ray who's also a nashville based uh singer and he talks about how like he went through this whole life of trying to like he was always imitating other people, you know, like gospel singers and rock singers and the Beastie Boys and Boys to Men and like all these other people. And then finally, eventually, like found like his voice. So like, obviously, because you're two people and you both have different uh, backgrounds in music. So you get together and then was there like, a, like you just said, I mean, it was writing the songs was one thing. But did you have to figure out like how to sing together or was that just like an easy thing to figure out? I mean, I think naturally, as, as someone naturally, who has no musical background whatsoever, so you okay. know, I don't, I don't know. 
I think, I think naturally there, you know, obviously there's a learning curve with, with uh, starting to work with anybody, but I, I do think that kind of right, right from the get go, our voices just kind of sounded good with each yeah. other. I, I, there was never like, um, you know, even from the beginning, there wasn't any point where like, well, this, this doesn't work or this doesn't match or this doesn't sound good. Cause if that had been the case, we, it definitely wouldn't have lasted. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I also think James mentions a lot, having come from a theater background, he's just such an interesting dichotomy of fronting rock and, you know, Southern rock and metal bands. And then coming from a theater persona where it's very uh, ensemble based. Yeah. So I think that he was always pretty magic with harmonies. I think that one thing that's changed in our music is I've learned so much about harmonies that it used to be that I would tend to sing lead the most and he would harmonize because he was just so much better at it than I was. But now that we've <laughs> kind of grown, we've been able to shift it around and tell different sides of stories and experiment with our own arrangements because we've just kind of naturally progressed and grown together. Right. So I wouldn't say that there's growing pains or things we had to like sit down and talk about and figure out. It's all truly, at least from my perspective and back me up or disagree, felt very natural yeah. and yeah. easy. Right. Right. And like you said, I mean, if it didn't work, then I would yeah. have probably have never heard you sing at that bar that night. You know, it's like the, like the butterfly <laughs> effect, you know? Um, so, all right. So how long did you guys stay in LA before you decided to move to Nashville? We were about a, well, we had been writing for, I think about a year mm -hmm. before we, before we moved here. Gotcha. Um, it took, it took a year for, for Johnny Cash, the song that you heard, um, to somehow, I, I don't know how the, this happened. I feel like you have to explain this. I, I still to this day don't know how this happened. This was just the crazy, so we wrote this song and you know, when you meet people and you wanna write, you might send them stuff and this and that. So we had written this song and did we even release it? No, we hadn't released it. It wasn't even released. It was like, I, I we don't know how this happened but our song ended up on the dark web, unreleased, <laughs> A manager in Nashville, who is our manager today, one of yep. them, uh, heard it, thought it, loved the song, felt really good about Johnny Cash. And I start, I don't know how he got my number, how he looked it up. Yeah. I started getting phone calls from Nashville. And, you know, we're just like going to my waitressing job in the morning and my bartending job at night. I'm just like, what? Like, do we make it? Is that what this, like, is this, you know, yeah. you're not sure. Is this the call? Yeah. Is this it? Yeah. And it turns out it's one of the steps in the meeting, but I mean, truly, we just were so blessed and fortunate. Like, I feel like that's just part of our story is the universe has just kind of always said yes to yeah. us in a lot of ways. And sometimes it takes weird forms and sometimes we switch it up and change things like cut hair or whatever it is. But, yeah. you know, it, it's always found a way to work with us, which is pretty cool. And um, that was one of those crazy cases. And I forgot what the original question was and don't know if we answered it. No, I think that was probably okay. the question. I honestly forget the question too. It was such a good answer that I just... I you think know, you, you right were asking on. how long, how long we oh, were yeah. in LA. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you've been in Nashville for what? Five years? Five. Five? Yeah. yeah. So, um, so you moved to Nashville and then like, do you just immediately start doing like the bar circuit or is that something that kind of took a while to get on there because you had a manager at that point, right? That's why you came to Nashville, right? Yeah. Well, so something that you had said earlier about, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. One, one of the people that you've been Marty Ray. Marty Ray. Yeah. Um, so something that, that he said, so that's, it's very true. The thing is we, it's so easy to come to Nashville to start doing the downtown circuit, playing all these covers and you're, you're making money. 
you know, you're making money playing music and it, that's a really great feeling. And it, it's kind of this grind that turns into a, a vicious cycle of doing that. And when we first moved here, a, I don't know if we could have done as much as we're doing now downtown to be, to be honest, I think we've grown a lot as, yeah. as, um, just vocally, but, um, on top of that, we really wanted to do the original thing. First, we wanted to have a brand. We wanted to have our own songs out there. And so all these downtown shows that we play now, it all serves Jericho Rose. It serves our original brand and our original songs because people like what they're hearing. They follow us. They can listen to our original stuff. And um, so when we first moved here, we really didn't want to do just the downtown thing when we didn't have anything to represent us because we didn't want to just be seen as a cover band. Right. You know, and um, so it took us took us years to get to the point where we we were we were okay with doing the downtown thing and now we love it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I think that you know adding on to what James said and, and, and you know Marty Ray talking about um, finding a challenge and finding his own voice and experiencing yeah. that. I think that part of the reason that we did not experience that is because when you have to learn all the hundreds of songs from artists from you know Stevie Wonder to George Strait to Marty Robbins you know all old school everything you might you might depending on the human uh come into conflict with okay but what do I sound like because you might be amazing at imitating Blake Shelton and then you can you know sing some chain smokers but then it's like when I sit down in a room by myself what do I want to say what is yeah. my message and how do I want to say it and I think that when you overload yourself, uh, not that there's a right or a wrong way, because I've seen people do both ways successfully. So there's no right way to do this. This is just our experience. Yeah. So we got really lucky in a sense that we spent so much time with ourselves. We lived together in like a band house and we would just write and we were doing tons of lot like live streams ish at the time. Yeah. Um, different formats and, you know, just writing and writing and writing and experimenting and trying stuff. And I think that, that being said, having that kind of um, foundation mm. of our own sound yeah. now lets us do these cover songs, but we still sound like Jericho Rose singing, you know, Downtown by Lady Antebellum or right. Horse Ride a Cowboy. It's still our versions of everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's very well said because I remember like one of the things that Marty said was that, you know, you like do the covers in hopes that people like, discover that original stuff. Cause he went, he like his thing is he went viral for doing an acoustic cover of Ice Ice Baby. And now yeah. like, and he's just like, it blew up. And then he's done like his own stuff, you know, put out his own albums, all that kind of stuff. But it's not about Marty. Screw him. We're here. We'll look that up later though. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's actually incredible. I mean, it's really good. And he he's, he could sing for sure. But um, so at what point does the band name change? Because you were a different band name. Now you're Jericho Rose. Um, spelling silver with no vowels, I feel like is the coolest way to spell silver. Um, just also personal opinion. <laughs> What's that? It also Twitter friendly. Very Twitter friendly, yes. Um, so at what point did you decide to make that like personal brand transition? Um, well, there were a lot of changes that happened with, you know, again, our sound was changing. Um, we started just kind of feeling like we, the, the name in general wasn't really representing us anymore because the the truth is we actually uh, si like we we still have that manager that we were discussing earlier the one who found us on the dark web yeah right um but we also we we added on uh, management the, the the holland group came in as well and um and quite frankly they were not fans of our name they and they said earlier that they had actually heard of us before and they had passed immediately without even listening to us because they thought our name sounded like a rock band <laughs> And yeah, awesome. 
Yeah. So, you know, they, they were just like, all right, we really like this, but like, we got to do a rebrand. We were kind of feeling the same way. You know, we wanted to rebrand ourselves anyway and our image and everything and our sound. So we're like, perfect. Let's just start over and, and start a new brand. And I, I mean, I think we're both just so happy with this brand and then the name itself. We really love the name Jericho Rose. It's yeah. yeah. I think we identify with it more. And, you know, when you start making music in your, when you're 20 or in your early twenties, as a human, you grow and you change, you dress differently versus when you're 21 versus, you know, 29. So it was, we got, you know, we were fortunate that we didn't get pigeonholed at the time when we still had growing to do. And now I feel like we've created this brand that we could really grow with. Yeah, no, for sure. And I need a shirt. So like, yeah. we'll, we'll talk offline about that. Cause I'm a big, yeah, big, big t-shirt guy. Um, so anyway, uh, so you're, you, Jericho Rose, uh, when was the international tour? Because I think that's really cool um, because I feel like this is all happening in like a six year span, right? Like mm-hmm. everything that, we've, that we're really discussing in depth is like a six year, six to seven year span. Um, and so like, when was the international tour and who did you tour with? What year was that? 2018. 2018. Yeah. And um, it, was, yeah. it was a very, very interesting scenario because we weren't touring with anybody. We, so our anchor date was a show in uh, Cambrai, France. It was a festival called the American Journeys Festival. And we were actually, uh, I, I don't even know how this actually came to be, but essentially like, you know how we have like Renaissance festivals here in the United States where everybody dresses up like yeah. a night or whatever. So yeah. they have those in Europe, but for like old West, like American movies. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that's nice. Essentially what yeah. this was. That's <laughs> like, awesome. Up and everybody's walking around looking like John Wayne and everything. <laughs> yeah, like, French people. And like, so, but we Which were, was really cool. it was awesome, but we were, yeah. yeah. So we were actually scheduled as, um, we were co-headlining the festival. It was us and this other artist here in Scott Southworth. Yeah, here in here in Nashville, and um, we'd never met him prior to that, but we're good friends with him now because obviously we met over there. Yeah. So the two of us, these you know real Nashville American bands, were headlining this festival, and uh, and it, it was it was a lot of fun. So that was our first date there, and then we 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 went to a few more dates. It was all in France, actually. We say international because it was in France, but right. we never left France. Yeah. Um, well, that still counts. I mean, you, know, count, you can't leave the country, you're international. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we did a, uh, we Talk did a, yeah, like a national TV appearance in, uh, in Paris. Like we were on like Parisian TV and it was, it was cool. It was a good time. Yeah. Did you have to get like the radio thing? Yeah, it was a radio thing. Radio thing. We can't understand half the things that we're we're just like, yeah, we'll be here. Sounds good. We'll sing a song. Here you go. Yeah. No, that's what I was going to ask. Like, did you have to get like, if you're, if they're they're asking you questions, did you have to get it like translated? And then I I didn't, I don't know how that works. I mean, most people at least tried to speak English to us. Especially at the festival when they were wearing chaps, they were very excited to speak English to us. Yeah. Yeah. But other places, I mean, I speak basic French. So we got by. and we did, there was, there weren't many people that like couldn't speak French, English, whether gotcha. it was, you know, we could, we were able to communicate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Awesome. So last year you said that you got signed, uh, you were, uh, what'd you say before last year you got signed by a publisher, right? Is that, yeah, we, does yeah, that right? Yeah. Okay. So at what point during the year does that happen? Because the, my time frame, I need to be on point here. That was October. October? Yeah. That okay. was October 1st, I believe. Okay. <laughs> Of yeah. last year yeah awesome um so like what was i mean i live in new jersey uh obviously like you know 
COVID and everything happened here in New Jersey and we went into shutdown pretty quick. Um, and then for, you know, like people like you in Nashville, what was like that experience like where I'm, you know, I'm sure there was, you know, I, I know what makes I was there. I mean, it's a lot different than now than it was, you know, uh, before, but was that a difficult thing to try to make it through when you're not really doing many shows and many nights at the bars and that kind of stuff? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was hard. We, I mean, we were, I think we really, we did try and absolutely capitalize on anything we could and make the best of it. We, we managed to, because we weren't doing anything else, we put out a single a month for all of 2020. And that was part of our way of, uh, of still trying to stay productive and put out content and, and, and doing something we could yeah. when we couldn't be out playing. But yeah, of course it was, it was really hard, you know, and I know a bunch of our, our, our friends who play here in Nashville, they had it way worse. Some of them like signed their record deals and, and then COVID happened and they're like, Hey, there's no money. We're, we can't put you on tour, so We're going to have to drop you. And it's like, we didn't have something like that. Thank God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, of course it was, it, it was difficult, but you know, we, like Hannah said, we did a lot of lives, a lot of live streams. We put out a lot of original music and, and I think we, we did the best we could given the circumstances. Yeah, I agree. I think that, all it is is another challenge and a way to make creativity shine and whether yeah. it's playing songs or doing tiger king themed live we started theming our lives because then it's yeah. like you're going live every week and for us all of our communities musicians so every you're scrolling it's a million people going live but you know we had to be reminded by our friends and fans from you know other places that their feeds don't look like that they don't have a bunch of live music and they miss it so we started trying to get creative and weird and do funky things to just keep it interesting keep ourselves interested you know it's weird to be it's one thing to do a certain live stream play originals and like what feels like a songwriting atmosphere, but as you know, somebody who's been to Nashville has gone honky tonking and, yeah. and you know, hung out down there. It's, it's difficult. It's just a, a different experience trying to put out the energy and play a show without being able to read people yeah. and tell what they want to hear, how it's going. It's just, it's a very sterile environment yeah. for, for music and creativity. And so we just kind of took a couple of risks and gambles and just kept doing what we do. We didn't give up. You know, we know a lot of people that had to move back. And so we consider ourselves lucky and we just did our best to capitalize, like James was saying, on, on everything that we could during that time. Yeah. No, I think that's the only way to do it. And like you said, I mean, people that live in states like me were, I mean, I haven't listened to live music really until I went to Nashville and I was there for a week, um, which was great. Um, my body hated me post week, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So uh, we, we were on a strict, cause my buddy's wedding was uh, Saturday and we were on a strict water salad, like basically diet for two weeks because I was just like, a fat bastard. Like it was, you know, it was rough. I mean, like I, I needed to dry out and like get all like the fried chicken and barbecue out of me so right. that I could at least continue on with my life. Um, but, uh, but playing the, the Nashville bars, I thought it was interesting, especially like being there over the weekend with a batch of party and seeing that whole vibe and the, the younger crowd. And then during the week, it seemed like when my, you know, when my girlfriend came and we were there for the next few days, it was more generally like older crowd you know, and like they were there and, and that kind of stuff. Like when you're playing in these different bars, nudies, whiskey row, wherever, like it, has there been instances where it's like, you would prefer one over the other? Because I would imagine like the challenges of those two different groups of people that might be listening to you play would be a lot different. I mean, just what I've seen at some of those places has been a lot different. 
Yeah, I think that's one of the cool things about music is a lot of it transcends time, you know, and you can play Prince and people love it now. You can play Def Leppard and you're getting people of all ages because, you know, you look at someone like James, you know, young and huge fan of Steppenwolf and Guns N' Roses and, you know, things that people that lived in those eras, you know. So I can't really say whether there's a preference on one or the other because it's hard. I think that an engaged audience is a great audience. If right. people are enjoying what they're doing, young, old, whatever, you know, we're happy to play. We're just happy to play music, but yeah. we're happy to play for anybody as long as they're picking up what we're putting down. And we try to do a good job of mixing it up and playing. You know, we'll play Dick Down. And I, I, love, I had a woman who was in her 50s ask me if we could play Dick Down in Dallas yesterday. I said, <laughs> yes, ma'am, we will play it next week. And we did. And we did. So sometimes people surprise you too. Sometimes yeah. there's a woman, you remember that we had an old, it was a, I think it was a bachelorette party, but it must've been, you know, they were all kind of older in their yeah. late fifties. And they said, can you play B.O.B.? And we were like, oh, Bob, like Bob Dylan. She's like, no, like B.O.B., the rapper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I will say people surprise you. Sometimes you might go, you might think to stereotype people and be like, oh, well, they want to hear, you know, George Jones and this and that. And then they'll ask you if you could play Post Malone. Because yeah. I think one of the coolest things about music is good music is good music is good music. And we don't judge and discriminate. We're not, one, we're not country purists. We're just music fans. We love to have a good time. We love to entertain people and we love all kinds of music. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever, do you ever like get requests? And you're just like, nah, there's no way I could do that. Or are you guys just like yeah. so confident in your, Oh, there is. All right. But yeah. Sometimes like he's saying frozen, let it go. Like nice. Oh. Yeah. I well, like that. There is also, I will say, a it varies directly with how much alcohol we've consumed. You can make a graph. You can make a, a graph out of how much whiskey we have we have had that show and how much we're willing to say yes to, to push all. the envelope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. is that like the so that's the drink of choice? Like I know on the website it says four roses. Yeah. Bourbon, four roses. Right? And so like, but do people just start like throwing you stuff up there that just you're like, well, yeah. We have had 16 chefs each at a show before. Wow. And that's I mean, not, I, I mean, we're not saying that to brag. We don't like. <laughs> I feel like she might be saying it to brag. That. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just giving you cold hard yeah, facts. Cold. <laughs> it's crazy how the adrenaline, when you, like, you don't feel adrenaline when you're on stage, like base jumping, I imagine. You don't feel like, ah, oh, I could explode. It doesn't feel yeah. like that. But it's crazy how you're on stage, you're in it, you're doing it. And the second you get off stage, you're like, oh, I'm moving yeah. home. It's just. Yeah. It's right. It's a wild thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine. Well, no, I mean, I can't imagine what that's like, but like, it's the same kind of feeling you get when you're just sitting and drinking and then you just, and you've been right. drinking for a while and you stand up and you're like, Oh my God, yeah. I mean, I need to sit back down, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so, so 16 is a lot. And I do feel like that's a little bit of a brag, but you know, whatever. it was a weird flex, but okay. Yeah. Hard facts. We like to stick around the five, six range. Yeah. You know, and do you guys, yeah. Do you guys play like every night or is it just certain nights a week? We, uh, we play regularly Wednesday through Saturday. Okay. Saturday we play two shows in one day. Um, but yeah, Wednesday through Saturday, usually. Got it. Because I would imagine if you're taking, you know, that many shots every day for an entire week, that would be, yeah, a lot. But Right. We do have to drink a lot of water as singers, so I'm sure that... It's a balance. Yeah, life is all about balance with anything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, we definitely don't drink on our off days. Nope. And we're in the gym as much as we can, too, to kind of sweat it out. Yeah, <laughs> smart, smart. I mean, it's hard. You, you, as you know, just from visiting, 
it's a crazy party lifestyle when you're when you're the life of the party or you're kind of we're like what are you, what do we say we're like your ambassadors exactly you're like a party ambassador yeah. it's your job to make sure people have a good time and it's when that's your nine to five like that is your job it, it is super awesome and fun but it's also like it, you know it can be exhausting you're like oh i'm so hungover or i don't want to drink it's kind of like it's part of the woes of the work you gotta find a way to make it work yeah exactly yeah so all right let's start looking into the future um so i'm just curious to see like what are some things you guys have coming up that you're really excited about maybe their shows maybe they're releasing some songs that i may or may not have heard before we started recording um not the song itself but you know what i mean um so like let's look into the future like what are some things you have coming up that people should be excited about well uh we we are going to be releasing a new single in uh it's looking like july Okay. So that's definitely something we're excited about because like I said before last year, we did a single a month, but this year we, you know, because we're not doing that, we are really trying to capitalize on the singles we're putting out. We really want to push it, you know, as hard as we can and, and get as much exposure, exposure for it as possible. So um, yeah, we're definitely really excited about that. I think we are, we're also going to be releasing, and this was like a fan uh, kind of contest that we did. We, um, one of our we we basically did a contest for if what song that we released last year would our audience want us to turn into an acoustic rendition and so we did that as well and uh and that should also be coming out sooner soon. than july yeah yeah sooner than july at some okay point. we'll be dropping that acoustic version so yeah you gotta stay tuned to our instagrams because we'll be doing little hints to drop for the title of our release yeah okay it should not be named at this moment Right. Shall not be named. Yeah. We don't have to say it, but this will like time up. Nice. I feel like this, I think this episode is going to post mid June. So we'll kind of, you know, we'll build some momentum here in Jersey. Um, so that was another question I forgot to ask before. So you do all, a lot of the Nashville stuff. And then I know you did the international tour once. Do you also travel to other States to go play? Yeah. I mean, obviously with COVID it, it, right. it wasn't really a thing, but now that, uh, now that everything's kind of starting to open up, I mean, absolutely. We are always open to travel. Yeah, always open. There's a lot of things that have gone on with COVID. There's a lot of artists that had guarantees from shows that were canceled. So they're kind of, it's almost weirdly like this year is like a mirror booking of what last year was supposed to be, but didn't happen. So then, so there's a lot of bookings that are already spoken for because they were canceled. You know what I mean? Whereas we might've been able to get on some of them now that things have been building for us, but yeah. um, we're just kind of being patient and making sure that what we do makes, it has to always make sense yeah. for us, our management for the team. It's got to always make sense. And, right. you know, we're always down, we're traveling, it's not out of state, but we're going to Memphis in June and doing a little thing. Yeah. You know, we're always down to travel. Cool. All right. Well, if you ever come to Jersey, let me know and, you know, we'll come. Never been. Have you been to Jersey? Yeah, I've been to Jersey. I've only yeah. been to the airport. Yeah. It's the spot to be. It's a magical place, Jersey. It's, it's, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I thought you meant the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, not the airport. It doesn't count. Yeah. Um, but uh, all right. So we, we talk about things that are definitely coming up. And then one of the things that I always like to ask people that I have on the show are about goals. Um, so like, you know, you obviously have a lot of big things happening and a lot of excitement, it seems like about stuff, stuff that's happened recently and then moving forward. Um, so what are things that you're hoping to accomplish, maybe individually as a group? I don't care. Uh, moving up into the next you know year or two. Thinking about it because I feel like we have the goals that are like the big goals, you know what I mean? What's the, the big goal? Like, what's the big goal? You know, I don't want to say win a Grammy because I also feel like 
that's just a validation thing. But I'd yeah. say like, I'd say um, recognition within our profession to be really like widely known recognition within our profession that we're good at what we do. Yeah. You know, I would say just expanding our fan base and getting to the, the point of success and notoriety that we can play places we've always dreamed of playing. Yeah. So it's not necessarily about awards. It's kind of like a, and it's not even status. It's just, we want to play to as many people as we can. Right. And we've, we've gotten cool opportunities to do that, but we want to just continue to grow and do that and keep putting out music. I would love to have a number one someday. Those are all like the big goals. Yeah. I'd say the small interim goals are like, actually do a, a, a u.s tour because it's ironic that we've done bumped over to the across yeah. the pond and done yeah. some shows there and it'd be really cool there's so many states that i haven't been to you know i think that james grew up on in in la and also in maryland so there's like a dual thing and i spent my entire life between arizona and california on the west coast and then now just getting here so there's so many places that i would like to see and we've skipped over the whole middle of the <laughs> that i think would be a lot you know really cool to see so that's on my list. Yeah. No, I mean, I, as far as short-term goal, I agree. I, I think, you know, doing, doing a big old U.S. tour would be really good. And just, you know, in the, in the short term, like Hannah was saying, just building, building this brand and getting our name out to as many people as possible and building that fan base to ultimately get to the, the ultimate goal, which I, I agree, you know, and then obviously what comes with a lot of what Hannah was saying is playing, you know, she said play to as many people as possible. And when you get to that level, I, you know, I, I, I would love to play stadiums, you know, I mean, I yeah. would love to, to take it to that level because like, you know, for me, especially, especially coming from metal, I'm a very, <laughs> I like epic productions. I like big sure. productions and coming from theater as well. And, you know, it that, would be cool to have you plan a whole production, like get to see your vision come to life. Yeah. Know? Cause, cause the thing is in, in, uh, you know, the, 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 the bigger the show is, you know, the bigger, the, the venue you have, the bigger the show you can put on. And, and I just feel like this is an, is an act that, that could translate really well on a stadium stage with a bunch of pyrotechnics. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. Fire. fire. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fire. A lot of fire. A yeah. lot of fire. It's our goals. We're just going to say fire. Fire. We want fire. <laughs> I don't care what you do. I just yeah. need fire coming from the sky and from the ground everywhere. Right. Um, yeah. So, all right, before we get into our closing segment, I do want to ask a couple, couple more quick ones. Um, yeah. So, uh, one song like one cover song that you do at these bars that you're just like yeah this is my favorite one to do in front of people do you all do you both have one probably yeah just like you could play one like again you could play one bar you could play one song what's the one he song loved, and he crushes yeah. that uh mine mine is probably hard to handle by the black crows okay yeah what about you i we do this thing uh we low-key call it hungry hot and fat which sounds weird it but does. we do hungry like the wolf duran duran into foreigner hot-blooded and then fat bottom girls okay and the transition of so hungry on fat i just that was always so fun it's so fun to see people because that's like we originally that was one of the few things there's a few stints that people do on broadway where they put medley certain things and then there's yeah. certain ones that everybody kind of does and of course you put your own spin on it but everybody does it but this is one that we've like totally created ourselves and i think that's fun yeah that's i don't know awesome. there's a few i love just doing the random 80s pop songs that people don't expect yeah right yeah of, of course fun. yeah you got to keep it fresh no i love it yeah. all right so um yeah let's move it into our closing segment we call it under the spotlight because this is the morning spotlight so we've been talking for 45 
ish minutes. Um, so what is one thing that you want the spotlighters, which is what I call the morning spotlight listeners to walk away from this episode with, it could be words of inspiration. It could be, I don't care what it is. You could, you could make your last point, whatever you want. Um, James, we'll start with you and we'll do like a final point and then we'll do Hannah. Um, I gotta start with me on this. Yeah, I know. I put you right <laughs> yeah. under the gun. Our, okay. So I think that this is kind of, we take this from our live show, but our, I think our main mantra is, you know, so I'm going to try and tailor it to, to this podcast right here, but, <laughs> but you know, the thing is when you come to a Jericho Rose show, we want you to leave with a story or two, you know, that that's our main, that that's where we feel like we've succeeded is all, you know, I mean, you're one of those people who you saw us, you went home and you're like, I want them on the podcast because, you know, we did what we wanted to do and yeah. so you know that's really inspirational to me the fact that you reached out to us because that means we're doing our job so right. to be honest that's really I, I don't know how to tailor that to the podcast but we just no, want I, everybody yeah. who listens everybody who engages with us everybody who comes in contact with Jericho Rose we want you to have a good time you know it, it's about you and we're here to make sure that you have a good time that's that's it for me. <laughs> that's, that's an amazing one. Tough act to follow, but Hannah, now you're under the spotlight. I mean, I'm gonna tag. I'm gonna add on. I'm just gonna piggyback on that one because, okay. I, you know, so well said. Yeah, so very well said. Well said. Discussed that so many times, but I feel like it, you know, it's just the, the connection with people. Whether it's throughout the show, we want to be a part. Want to be a part of your lives. <laughs> right. You know, when we have people that come up to us and say, "Ain't just the whiskey," is my my boyfriend and my song, the first one we heard together, and now we're engaged, and it's gonna be our wedding song, and when you get to have these, even, even if they're not tangible and we won't be there, the idea of getting to be a part of people's lives and having your music mean something to people, whether it's getting them through a tough time or being the romantic song of choice or their pump up music when they're about to go out, you know, it's just, it's so cool to think that you're impacting people in a great positive way, you yeah. know, and whether it's the stories of the show or the story of their life and how your music affects them. That's what more can you ask for as somebody that creates for a living, you know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I think those were fantastic. It's tough to do a closing under the spotlight with two people because like one person always takes all the good shit. Exactly. Yeah, yeah right. No, I, 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 I thought you elevated it beautifully. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was, that's what I was going to say. So it was like nice because James came in and just crushed it. And then you just built this, you know, built on top of it. So it was perfect. It's like you guys have done shows before. Like we're and, best friends or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's weird. It's very weird. Um, all right. So let's say the spotlighters are looking for more Jericho Rose. Where can they get more Jericho Rose? Everywhere, baby. I mean, Instagram, we're Jericho Rose official. Uh, Facebook as well. Uh, we are on Twitter, technically, I guess. We are technically on TikTok too. Um, oh, at you, Jericho Rose. Yeah, yeah YouTube. Um, but then Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon. Your mom's basement maybe myspace i don't know i haven't been on there in a minute yeah. but the thing is wherever you can get music we're, we're on it so you, awesome. you can find us whatever your platform of choice is we're there just yeah. jericho, rose. jericho rose and we have old music new music so we'd be curious to see it to you know your spotlighters any listeners we want to know what your favorite jericho rose songs are yeah well you know mine mine's johnny cash and i don't think right. that's going to yeah. change um, what's that an oldie but a goodie oh yeah for sure yeah well i didn't realize it was you know like the first or one of the first ones, which I think is really cool. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, all right. And then there's also the website, jerichoroseofficial.com. I uh, yeah. can't forget that one. And so, yeah, so anywhere, like I, I messaged them on Instagram and they responded. So that was really cool for me to yeah. see. So, um, so everybody listening, 
I will make sure that I put all of those handles, links, whatever in the show notes. So if you do want to reach out, listen to their music, which I highly suggest that you should, you go click those and it'll take you to their pages of their many pages. I will put my links like always in the show notes, the morning spotlight.com and the morning spotlight at gmail.com. Uh, James, Hannah, thank you so much for coming on with us today. This was amazing. Thank you, man. Thanks for having us. This was great. Of course, of course. And in Spotlighters, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. Just a reminder that any views expressed in the morning spotlight are the views of the speaker and should not be construed to be the views of any other person, any employer, or any organization. Thank you. We'll see you next week.